An Elio's original. Welcome to Foxy Browns. I'm Priyanka. I'm Camilla. And this is a podcast that navigates beauty and wellness from all perspectives as women of color. This week, like every week, we're talking stuff and things, tips and tricks, and deconstructing Western beauty standards. And we are joined by special guest Sunita Puri. Hi. Hello. Hello. It's such an honor to be here with you both. Sunita is so qualified. <laughs> so overqualified. <laughs> Sunita is the medical director of the Palliative Medicine and Supportive Care Service at the Keck Hospital at USC. Um, she's author of the book That Good Night about end of life care in America. Welcome um, to the pod. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks so much for being here. How did we meet? Did you like email me? Like, how did this all happen? I don't remember. So you wrote a riveting piece for the New York Times mm. about having been a Kashmiri Pandit, oh, right, right. who yes, 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 um, was one of many Kashmiri Pandits who lost their home right. in the conflict yeah. in Kashmir. Mm. And I read it and I cried and oh. I couldn't help but write you and the to rest you of us. Say, I'm yeah. sorry. Right? I mean, it, yeah. you told a story that I think has really been overlooked yeah. and hasn't been a part of the larger dialogue yeah. on Kashmir. Yeah. So that was how I, I reached out to you. And when you actually wrote me back, I thought, oh my God, yes. So that's how we connected. <laughs> And I was kind of, I think I had said in one of our email exchanges yeah. that as a writer and an yeah. Indian woman, it's actually been hard to find a community in Los Angeles. Yes. And I think being a doctor and a writer is also yeah. a weird combo. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why I was so like enchanted by your email because I was like, you went to Yale and then you did your residency at UCSF and you, what is happening? And you wrote a, this beautiful book. I need to meet you. So we met. And that was incredible. Yeah. And I was like, let's talk about something. You were like, what do you want me to talk about? I was like, makeup. Um, no, we're going to talk about a lot of wonderful things. But first, the first thing we usually do is just stuff and things. Purchases, treatments, recommendations, steer clears, anything that you've bought or enjoyed in the last like couple of weeks. And we can start and come around to you if you want. Yes. Cam? Mine is the 10,000 Waves Hair Oil. So it's um, 10,000 Waves. It's a spa in Santa Fe, which I've not visited. I've heard of this. But everyone tells me it's magical. But I was staying at Amina's apartment, um, Chateau Tussaud. And uh, places like a fabulous place. full of wonderful, delicious oils. And I use it on my hair and it's wonderful. It smells incredible. It's very herbaceous, which is one of my favorite kind of types mm -hmm. of smells. And it feels, makes my hair feel lustrous. It also kind of styles my hair really well. And I really love it. And it's also quite cheap. It's about $20 or something. Mm -hmm. And they ship everywhere. And it's great. We like a reasonable price point. Indeed we do. I do. The spa itself is ridiculously priced. Really? Um, so I was surprised that the actual price of the product was huh. quite low. So it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, my thing of the week, we talked about... Um, we talked about things and how we can't maybe can't buy things anymore. I don't understand I don't know, how is the the fabric itself has it's like whatever it's like Teflon or whatever, but it's in your crotch. So okay. I don't know. It's your choice. Okay. What do you? You're a doctor. You tell us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ask the doctor. Right so thinks um, underwear. They're basically a replacement for sanitary pads, and oh. um, so it's a very absorbent material, kind of similar to like a swimsuit material mm -hmm. that kind of like uh, uh, that basically like traps all, you know all of your blood and moisture. But apparently the 
bad now? It contains something like a, a very high level of something called PFAs, I guess. Hmm. Um, and then they have responded and said, but PFAs are really dangerous if you ingest them. So don't eat your pants. Don't eat your pants. Don't. I think that's a good rule of thumb. (laughs) I don't actually know much about Mm -hmm, PFAs, mm -hmm. but theoretically the product sounds good. Yeah. Right? Sounds convenient. Yes. Whenever I wear like maxi pads, they always mess a lot of things up down there. So if I could bypass that, that would be wonderful. I love them. I wear them all of the time. And um, so if they're bad for me, I'm going to be very upset. We're going to have a discussion (laughs) about that. I'm going to email you the information and then you're going to tell me whether we can buy them or not. Absolutely. Okay, great. Well, my, but because of that, and I had to return on my thinks, I was like, okay, well, what can I buy? I need underwear that's slightly more supportive. I've had two children. Mm-hmm. Billy's not going anywhere. Um, and I bought a bunch on sale of these Spanx, like gentle support panties. I don't mm. know what they're called. They're just like regular underwear, but they kind of just make your clothes look better on you. Okay. But they're just undies. All right. Um, I highly recommend them. They're usually, I don't know, like 40 bucks or something, but they were on sale for like 15. Wow. That's a shocking discount. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it was like, I got funny colors, you know, it was like, yeah. these are on clearance and there was like an extra 40% off and I was like, lavender, sure, yeah, like, why not? whatever. So, um, I'm going to link to them, but they're, they're really good. So that was my, that was my thing for the week. How about you, Sunita? So recently my brother sent me, um, a product called the John Masters vitamin C anti-aging serum. Mm. Ooh. Yeah. We love a vitamin C around mm. here. It really, yeah. And I, you, I take some vitamin C every day like a highly concentrated vitamin C, which I do think has helped Mm -hmm. with my skin, especially kind of preventing breakouts and colds. So all of that together. Is Mm -hmm. there a particular brand that you use? So it's called liposomal vitamin C. And I forget the name of the person or the company that makes it. Is it the white one with the orange? Yes. Everyone loves that one. We're going to have to get it and use it. Yes. I I would like it. Yes. I can email you the name of it. Mm -hmm. um, So that maybe it could be put on as a link. Yeah, we have a new Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But the the topical vitamin C, Mm -hmm. it smells really good. Mm -hmm. Love that. And you only need to use a drop and it doesn't, it doesn't weigh on my yeah. skin at all. And mm-hmm. a lot of things weigh on my mm-hmm. skin. Yeah. So I give a thumbs up yeah. to my brother for this product. Good for him. Great. I love how bossy he is about your self care. Oh yes. My brother is a boss. Yeah. <laughs> B-A-W-S-E. That's adorable. Is your brother a dermatologist or is he just like very concerned with your skincare? <laughs> my brother's actually a psychiatrist. <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> but wait, wait, wait. He's a gay psychiatrist. Yes. This is true. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, yeah. That makes We're going to sense. have him on the Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I told him yesterday. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. was like, "Bring it." We need a mental health <laughs> yeah. expert. Why not? Absolutely. Bring him. Bring and he can also advise on skincare. So <laughs> great, it's just an all rounder. We need. Yeah, just we love add him it. to the quiver, right? Perfect. Just, yeah, we're totally gonna have him. It's gonna be great. That's incredible. That sounds really good. We'll add that. We'll definitely add that. So, um, Sunita, you and I had talked a little bit about um, the people that you work with. You, you yes. see people at the end of their lives. That is a hard job. <laughs> That is a very hard job. I can see your, I saw your face 20 minutes ago after you got from work. You're smiling now, which I'm very happy that we could help with. But one of the things that you, that you said that really stayed with me was about the quality of their lives and the quality of our lives and the things we can do now to improve um, the quality of our lives now and also at the end of our lives. And um, so I really wanted to, the thing that really stayed with me was your very strong stance on bucket lists. Yes. And so, you know, for those listening, what I might do, if it's okay, is actually explain what it is that I do. Absolutely. 
I am a physician who directs the program at USC in palliative medicine. And a lot of people have not heard of that, including my own mom, who is yes. a physician, who was like, what are you going in? What, how do you even pronounce this, right? Yeah. A lot of people have heard of hospice, mm -hmm. and I think of hospice and palliative medicine as kind of two sides of the same coin. Mm -hmm. That coin being we are trying to focus on giving patients with a serious illness the best quality of life for as long as possible. Right. The difference between hospice and palliative care is that hospice is a service we can offer when someone has six months left to live, mm -hmm. but palliative care is available anytime from diagnosis onward to people of any age. So we do pediatric palliative care, oh, for God. example, for young people. I see a lot of patients in their 20s and 30s and 40s at USC, mm -hmm. so really pretty young people. Um, and then obviously for people who are much older, mm -hmm. and we attend to physical suffering. So for example, cancer pain, emotional and spiritual suffering. Mm -hmm. So you know, how do I live with the impact of this disease? Right. Why is this happening to me? Mm -hmm. My wife doesn't deserve to suffer like this. Right. How do I tell my young kids that I'm dying? Oh so we attend to all of those needs mm -hmm. on our team. And whenever I walk into a room and someone's like, what the hell does palliative care mean? Are you a paleontologist? <laughs> Which I've gotten before. Amazing. I've gotten that. And I've also gotten, are you from the primitive care team? And I'm like, well, sure, <laughs> sure, I guess. Um, but what I tell people all the time is I'm really here to help understand how you define quality of life. Interesting. What sort of meaning you want to make of your time and how I can help support that. Mm -hmm. So I'm basically a quality of life doctor. Yeah. And when we were talking yesterday, you know, one of the things that came up was this idea of a bucket list. Mm -hmm. And you see it in the movies, you see it kind of in popular conversation that if I have a year left to live, I'm just going to skydive and I'm going <laughs> to finally yeah. go to Portugal and I'm going <laughs> to ask out the hot girl because what do I have to lose? Mm -hmm. And what I've come to see in my work which is sobering, yeah. is that when you get to that point, your body is often so weak mm -hmm. that doing those things becomes difficult. Yes. I had a patient who suffered for years with a serious eating disorder and died when she was 35 of God. metastatic stage four lung cancer. Oh my God. And I remember in some of our conversations, her telling me, I used to think when I was in the thick of my eating disorder that I can't wait until nothing matters anymore and I'm just going to eat, start eating cheesecake. And she couldn't. Oh my Because God. part of the process of the body shutting down is that people don't yeah. generally have an appetite. Right. Yeah. And that was one of the things that was really, really difficult for her, mm -hmm. difficult for her family to see. So when we think about kind of what matters most to us in yeah. life, it's something I've learned the hard way because I'm no expert at this, but mm -hmm. what does it mean to seek your joy, to define it almost year by year, yeah. decade by decade, mm -hmm. and seize it mm -hmm. before anything changes that might make it impossible to enjoy? Yeah. 
It's so fascinating because I do think there is, uh, again, we've both grown up in different countries and um, and very much the difference between being in the UK and the US that I feel is that there is definitely more of a sense and a culture of deferred joy, yes. that it is very much a culture of just like, no, 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 keep working, keep working, keep working, you'll be able to enjoy this, you know, when you retire and, you know, later you on in life, there, if, yeah. you, if you get mm-hmm. there. And, um, you know, don't take vacation. Don't do all of these things. Um, And what if you don't have that option? Mm -hmm. What if you do not ever get there? And like you say, getting to a place where you are um, faced with, you know, having a short window of time to do that and also not the capabilities to do that. Like, what if then? Is it worth it? I think you bring up an awesome point because here I think – so much of how we define ourselves is what we do. Mm-hmm. Like what we do is kind of collapsed into who we are. Right. And I know in my own experience, I became so obsessed with being defined by my job mm-hmm. that I forgot what it is that I like to do. Mm-hmm. What did yes. bring me joy in life. Yes. When I finished my residency, I remember, I think I told you this, Mm. I sat down on a couch and just looked at a bunch of Gerber daisies (laughs) because I didn't know what else to do. I was like, who was I before this? And it was a badge of honor in a messed up way to be like, I worked 40 hours in a row on call. Yes. What the hell is that? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I I do find that. I was was quite shocked about that uh, notion when I first moved to New York and that being again like a bad reward it was just like oh yeah i did like 75 hour a week what it's a like, point that's of great. pride yeah yeah <laughs> i just I'm, don't have that i just I don't have that i'm married to a person who clearly thinks that naps are something bad <laughs> i'm like i'm gonna nap it makes me a better person yes. so either you can live with me not napping yeah. which is gonna be bad for everyone exactly. <laughs> or also, i'm gonna take a nap in the middle of the day and everyone's napping. happy i'm also from a country which prizes holiday over oh, yes. absolutely everything yep. i have yep. to have six holidays a yep. year we on vacation constantly yeah um every single year my husband does not use all of his vacation days mm. and i look at him like a fool he's crazy yeah. he's a crazy person yeah. when i met rodney he um a, a week was a vacation now we're no. up to three I, that's You've awesome tried, yeah. we've done a month yeah we've done a month and mm. and th- and usually it's my doing and um, the other day he said, he looked at uh, our daughter and he goes, she's the perfect age. She's just about the perfect age for another month long vacation. And I was like, yes, <laughs> he's learned from you. <laughs> well, we're freelance. Exactly. We are freelance. Yeah. We can work whenever we want. Yes, that's Nobody so great. is making us go to work. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense. We yeah. should fully be on vacation twice a year. Exactly. It's great, but it's the culture. The culture. Yes. This idea yeah. the culture, that fill if- it, fill it, fill it with yeah. like, yes. you never know, you never know, you never know. And it's like, no, if you do one amazing thing every year, we're writers and producers and filmmakers. Yeah. And it's like, do one amazing thing a year that you really like that pays your bills. You'll do another thing next year. Exactly. (laughs) That's enough. Um, So, so yeah, so you have gathered so much information about how people live their lives. Like, what is your sort of advice to, to, uh, I mean, our, Mm -hmm. our listenership is very, it's sort of like 20 to 45, 50 year old women. Um, What can we be doing? What should we be doing? What are like the rules to live by kind of according to you? So that's a great question. (laughs) And I think I'll address the audience and I'm also almost going to address my younger self 
you know, the person who used to be extremely type A, it is possible to not be a type A doctor. As I'm discovering. Yes, yes. I have one cousin who's really chill. (laughs) And that's so great. So confusing. I used to be really controlling Mm -hmm. of circumstances around me, of myself, Mm -hmm. of my appearance. And now that I just turned 40, I can look back with the perspective of a woman who's learned lessons and a doctor who's seen people tell me what they regret, Mm -hmm. right? I think when you're in, one piece of advice I have is to think about who and what is most important to you in your life. Is it your family? Is it your partner? Is it, you know, is it being able to dance every day? Mm -hmm. Is it being able to fly out and see your partner in a long term or a long distance relationship? Mm -hmm. What maximizes your joy? Mm And find ways to capitalize on that and make it a priority Mm -hmm. and see how you feel. Yeah. I think as we've kind of been talking about joy and happiness and relaxation fall by the wayside Mm -hmm. because we think we're somehow like being a martyr and working really hard is like it earns you a badge of honor. And in retrospect, no one cares. No one cares. That's something motherhood has taught me because people really put themselves through the ringer. And I don't remember who said it, but they had gone through this whole crazy week by themselves with two kids and no help and everyone was sick and blah, 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 blah. And at the end of it, she goes, oh, I'm not getting a reward. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Nobody's giving me anything for doing that all by myself. Nobody's yeah. giving me a gold star. Nobody's giving me a massage. Yeah. Like, no. Why did I do that? There's no monetary prize at the end. There's, there's no, no prize. ceremony at the end. Like nothing. There's no prize for, what's the word? There's no prize for denying yourself basic human needs. Yeah, exactly. And emotional needs. It's, it's insane, but we all fall into that trap. Mm-hmm. We all do. Yeah. I'm, and I think when you're a high achieving woman, like the two of you mm-hmm. are, it's it's even harder to get yourself out of that yeah. and to seek a balance. Mm-hmm. And so I think defining what does joy mean mm-hmm. for you individually, have you been seeking the joy you deserve and knowing that you deserve to be happy and happiness doesn't always come from work. Mm-hmm. Those are the right. three big things I wish I could have told myself in yeah. my 20s. And I think women in their 20s and 30s and 40s may have loved ones going through a transition in health. Right. And so the same advice I would give them to share with people they love who may be suffering from illness, mm-hmm. whether it's a terminal illness or not, what is what gives you joy? Mm-hmm. How can I help you maximize it? And you deserve that joy. That's a hard one. Mm-hmm. Yes. You deserve joy is a mm-hmm. very hard one. I don't know. I feel I, be- I deserve joy. I feel that very strongly. <laughs> I definitely uh, <laughs> live you, in you, that. But I don't think a lot of people do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot yeah. of people don't enjoy their lives. They take pride in their accomplishments. Yeah. But it's that's very different from every day. Like, like um, nourishing that part of you that isn't just your work. Yeah. I do find like, again, I think we both talked about our anxiousness towards the end of the year last year because, and for me, it definitely felt as though I was just constantly working yeah. and I was yeah. on a very endless treadmill and that the, you know, I wasn't getting to actually have space yes. to nourish. It was just like a lot of com- like completing tasks. Output, like um, output rather than yeah. Um And I think what was also, you know, so jarring about it is like, I that is unusual for me. I don't, that's not mm. how I 
tend to um try and live my mm-hmm. live my life but yeah i think the kind of accidental falling into that trap was quite a wake-up call it was just like oh no you can't do this mm-hmm. you need to not be laying in bed at three in the morning not sleeping it because happens. you're kind of you know yeah. fretting about the day ahead of you and i think our bodies show us yes. yes when we're not attending to them and yeah. balance and joy yeah. i can very much relate to the insomnia mm-hmm. because when i am out of balance i stop sleeping yeah. and that makes everything else yeah. including my anxiety that much worse yeah. And that's where I think we've also lost something in our society is we don't know how to be in our bodies. I'm like the number one offender of this. Seriously. Like I, and I, I'm offering this perspective because I have been someone Mm -hmm. who has denied my bodily needs. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So when I was in high school, I actually had a fairly severe eating disorder You can imagine with Indian parents, both of whom were refugees and struggled to get meals every day, they were like, what, what the, can I curse on this? Okay. (laughs) Can I break protocol? Mm. Um, What the fuck are you doing? Basically like in Punjabi, what Mm. the fuck are you doing? It's my brain. (laughs) And I did it for many complex reasons that I now understand in retrospect, but feeling things like I deserve to be healthy and balanced Mm -hmm. was not part of my vocabulary, like you were alluding to Priyanka. And I think from that point on, I gained the weight back, but I never really got out of separating myself cognitively Mm -hmm. from the body I live in. Mm -hmm. So during my residency, for example, I remember once I didn't go to the bat, like I didn't pee for two days. (gasps) I was on call for 40 hours. Shut down. I, usually they would. And you know who was the one who asked me, have you eaten or drank anything? My medical student. Wow. Yeah. So she looked at me and said, you know, your lips are completely oh chapped. I didn't know a part of my lip was bleeding. Oh my God. Had no, I wasn't there. I yes. was here. Yes. I was all up in my head and yeah. I was focusing on the needs of yeah. my patients. I was completely disconnected yeah. from my body. And this went on until I finished my residency. Oh, my God. So it's somewhat of an extreme example. And I hope yeah. everyone listening to this cannot relate to that mm-hmm. extreme example. Oh. But I think when we lose touch with the only true home we have, mm-hmm. right, which is this physical form, yeah. this is where we are until we go. And when we disconnect from it, it's going to rebel yes. in some way or another. And I learned that the hard way. And I offer up pretty openly these stories because Mm -hmm. I think we don't talk about this openly in our society. We want to pretend we have it all together. We don't know how to be vulnerable about how we live in our bodies, what makes it hard to live in our bodies, what does beauty and balance look like. So that's part of where I'm coming from with this. And in retrospect, like I could never do that now Mm -hmm. because I am so much more present. How did you find your way back? I think because I kind of suffered the consequences Mm -hmm. of being absent. Mm -hmm. Like I stopped knowing for a while if I was hungry or thirsty. I had to relearn that after my residency because I really, I was so imbalanced for most of it. In a way, it demands a sort of imbalance, but that to me felt extreme. Yes. Wow. I wasn't the only one in my class who went through that, but of course, we never talked about it. Mm-hmm. And no one would ever call it an eating disorder. You know, I wondered if it was. Yeah. I told myself 
it wasn't because yeah. I was still eating. I mm. wasn't obviously denying myself You weren't anything, making a but, choice not to eat. Yes. You were just not, you didn't have time to eat or you didn't have, oh my God. But it took me time to relearn that. Yeah. And it was during my fellowship year when I was only doing palliative care and I had my weekends off mm. that I started to become myself again yeah. and not just a resident or a doctor. And that yeah. was when I started to kind of say, I did not like how I treated myself these yeah. past three years. Mm-hmm. I need to exercise. Yeah. I need to do the things I recommend to my patients. Yeah, that's an interesting to, point. You know? And that is very fascinating, you know, taking the fact that you are caring for others as a way to realize that you need to care for yourself is very interesting. Um, like, And so if you can talk me, like, in palliative care, what are some of the things that you actually do with patients and recommend for them like in this stage of their lives if you know obviously there must be many different examples but if you can be as um yeah any examples would be great absolutely I think you know where I start a lot with patients is just listening to them Mm. because I think we've lost that in medicine because it's so fast-paced we just want to get through the main issues and when you just make the space to listen to someone and to mm-hmm. say, for example, tell me what you know about your condition. Mm. Because sometimes what we say to patients and what they hear are different things. So I could walk into the room of someone with stage four cancer who cannot be cured. And I might ask them that question. Tell me what you know. Yeah. And they'll say, I'm on my third round of chemo and we're going for the cure. Oh, and then geez. I have to say... I want to share with you what I know, Mm -hmm. which is a little different than what you know. And then I have to tell them and I have to hold a space for their response and then ask them about any sources of discomfort they have physically or otherwise, and then process with them. What does it mean to be living with this diagnosis? Mm -hmm. What's important to you? Mm -hmm. What are the things you need more information about? And that's kind of how I approach a patient and check in with them regularly about these same questions. But I think people's answers are shockingly similar. When you ask them what's important to them, it's the people they love. Yeah. It's never my my movie, my job. No. (laughs) Nope. And I remember my mom said something really powerful to me during my first, uh, my first real job out of training. Mm-hmm. She said, you know, if, if you get sick and something happens to you, they will replace you in a second, mm-hmm. but I will never have another daughter. Yeah. And that really stuck with me. Wow. And I really think that's how a lot of my patients think of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My job, they realize at a certain point, that's not really who they are. Yeah. Their colleagues might be family to them. But that work doesn't define them. Mm -hmm. And I think what's hard sometimes for me is the clarity comes in the midst of a trauma or, you know, a horrible diagnosis. And what a different world, what different quality of life Mm -hmm. we would all have if we had that realization a little earlier. Would it change our choices? Would it make us take vacations more, like real Mm -hmm. vacations, not staycations Mm -hmm. like I have done in the past Mm -hmm. where I'm actually working all the time? You know?
the types of people that you, or the types of patients that you see, is it predominantly patients with cancer or is there a range or a larger, like proportionally, what's your range of um, conditions? Of diagnoses. So a lot of cancer, Mm -hmm. both solid tumors, so things that arise from solid organs like the lungs or the brain or the stomach, Mm -hmm. and then liquid tumors like leukemia and lymphoma. Mm -hmm. And I see a lot of patients with heart disease. A lot of patients with heart disease. I see people with strokes and degenerative neurologic diseases like ALS or Alzheimer's. Um, And then I see people, for example, with kidney failure who say, I don't want to do dialysis anymore. What's open to me if I choose not to live this life like this anymore? Mm -hmm. So it's really kind of all kinds of things. And then you see very similar types of emotional distress no matter what the Mm -hmm. disease. People grieve the loss of their independence. Mm -hmm. They grieve the loss of who they felt they were before. Mm -hmm. They struggle to adjust to who they are now with this new condition. They want to know why this happened to them. And they want to know where God is. Mm -hmm. Right. I say there are no atheists in foxholes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, you have chosen... A line of, I mean, you've chosen this line of work. This is what you wanted. What, what drew you to it when you had everything, you know, you could have done anything. So why, why, why this? That's a great question. My dad yeah. still asks. He's like, you yeah. know, you can still be a cardiologist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or still. like an ophthalmologist. <laughs> yes. You, know? like, you can be the surgeon. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to, dad. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Like what, <laughs> what was asking. it? I'm curious. I think it's because I saw us over treating people Mm. a lot Mm -hmm. when it was very clear they were dying Mm -hmm. and it wasn't everybody but it was you know enough that I started to ask myself why are we neglecting things like pain management or talking with patients and families about what's really going on here and I did an elective rotation in palliative mm-hmm. care. And just after two weeks, I was like, this is this what is I a, need to do. Yeah. This is my calling. And I right. fought it. Yeah. I tried to convince mm-hmm. myself. I actually know I want to be like my mom. I want to do ICU medicine. Yeah. And I tried and I failed. Yeah. <laughs> I just yeah, couldn't. Wasn't it wasn't you. me. And so I think that's also interesting, too, is like each of us is on a journey to find our own inner beauty and what we were put here to do. Yeah. And sometimes that is not what the people around us want us to do. And we talked about this in terms of your own career choice, which I thought was very brave. Well, I mean, you know, my dad, after I finished law school, my dad said, now are you going to go to med school now? (laughs) (laughs) They're relentless. (laughs) Relentless. And for years, he was like, it's not too late. They it's always say late. that's their line. You can still become the heart surgeon. <laughs> it is way too late. But at the time, you know, the, all the rational stuff, which you were saying. But my dad, in a, in a very sweet way, was like, but you're so bright and we need you. <laughs> you know, yeah. we need doctors and you're very bright. And I'm like, but those two, like <laughs> one and two doesn't make, exactly. you know, three here. Like it's, it's just, that's not, it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, not all bright I'm people sorry. become yes, doctors. Yes. What kind of world would that be? <laughs> I am very bright. It's like, he was like, he was just couldn't comprehend the waste, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the waste of him. And now he get, now he's very happy, but it was a journey. It was that certainly a journey. He's like vaguely proud of me. He was like, I know you'll do something. Right, but, you know, <laughs> remains to be TBD. 
<laughs> that's what my dad yeah. says he's like i think she's a doctor who knows <laughs> <laughs> but i'm like happy with her sort of <laughs> but again like you've chosen this path that is a tidal wave of emotion right so like how do you not get caught up in the in the under like how do you because you seem like a very cheerful person frankly you know and and um and i know that can't be easy it can't be easy mm-hmm. to keep yourself afloat and your mind in the right place yeah. and and yeah. and your um and your head on straight so what are your kind your like self-care practices to keep to keep plugging away and doing what you have to do like what is your routine to 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 take care of yourself so that's a great question i think i'm glad you brought up self-care because i think you know that is something in general i think a lot of people are not good at sometimes because we feel we don't deserve it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we feel we need to put everybody else first Mm -hmm. and ourselves last. And I hear that a lot from friends of mine who are mothers. Absolutely. It's a long time to learn. Yep. And I think for me, I will say I was not very good at it for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I suffered the emotional and the physical consequences of that. One thing I do is I do go to therapy. Mm -hmm. I think with what I see, it's sometimes hard for me to make sense of that in the context of other things in my life. So I go about once every few weeks. Mm -hmm. And I think it's an important resource for Mm -hmm. people if you have the right person to talk to. I'm very lucky that I have a wonderful team. Our social worker and our nurse practitioner are fantastic. Mm -hmm. And we are all in it together. Mm -hmm. I don't think any one person could do this job. You need the team. So we're all kind of going through the trauma together and we process it a lot. We debrief after every family meeting. And we go through the good, bad, and ugly. I also do quite a lot of yoga Mm -hmm. and I my brother recently started dragging me to something called a high intensity interval training Uh, class I love it it's one of my favorite things I do it three times a week I enjoy it immensely (laughs) I go to this place called Hype Silver Lake oh yeah 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 is that where you go to I've been there before the place I go well I go to my gym now because they have a really great class and also the trainer has his voice is the exact it's it's basic whose voice is Obama's. Really? Which, oh, I gotta go there. Which <laughs> is the most motivating thing oh. I have like totally. ever experienced. But I love hip. I love it so yeah. so much. And I yeah, I love the way that my body responds to it and how like my strength has increased so massively with mm-hmm. it and my stamina and yeah, I really, really love it. I find that very, I mean, I at for, I went kicking and yeah. screaming. I was like, I already do yoga. I don't yeah. need this. And mm-hmm. my brother was like, no, you do. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I feel yeah. so much better after yeah. that. Yes. Like I feel powerful. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly the, that, that's the perfect descriptor. That mm. is how you feel. Yeah. And I have, yeah. I have even a little yeah. bicep now. <laughs> one, just just one. a little one. Just one. <laughs> it's about like, I'm like, I can climb things. I can jump yes. things. Right. I have mobility and like, It's just know, so Camilla I mean, to be like, I'm ready for the apocalypse. <laughs> Absolutely. I find joy in being ready for the apocalypse. <laughs> totally. But I found that if very the world relaxing. is ending, I want to be the most prepared. Yeah. <laughs> So, true. <laughs> so of course you're like i can climb walls yeah. i can <laughs> bring water up from a well i like. can do a push-up <laughs> like yeah. not a modified push-up yeah, i've learned to do a real right. push-up that's but that's also amazing. something that um that was also a motivation for me for like uh, upper body strength was um my grandmother had had um back surgery oh. and so she wasn't allowed to put any pressure on her back whatsoever and there was a moment I remember we were bringing her home from the hospital and she was having to and we were having to get her upstairs and she 
could only use her upper body weight, um, like her upper body strength, and she didn't have any. Oh. And it was incredibly hard. She's very, very stubborn, and we eventually got her up, yeah, but, no. you know. Um, but for me, no, I was like, I need to make sure that I can always lift my body weight yep. with my yes. upper body. That, yes. for me, is very important, like, for later yeah. life in general. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that's, you know, that's part of your quality of life. Right. Yeah. You saw someone you love whose quality of life was really compromised and you made a decision mm-hmm. to invest in that now. Yeah. And I think sometimes we learn from the people around us who are suffering yeah. and we try to do what we can so that maybe we can avoid that. Yes. Right. I think the other thing I do a lot of is I watch, do you know, Russell Peters? Yes, of course. So I watch a lot of clips of Russell Peters. Who's Russell Peters? He's a Canadian. He's an Indian Canadian um, stand-up comic, and he's incredibly popular. Okay, like hundreds of millions of downloads. Indians Great. in India love him. Yeah. Indians everywhere else love him. Like he's super popular. Hilarious. Yes, he's yes. truly hilarious, and he does a lot of kind of very tongue-in-cheek, respectful ethnic comedy. (laughs) So we watch him in our office like when we just need to laugh. And I think the laughter piece of it is huge for me. I need that. Like I grew up in a home where... My brother is a hoot. You said very yeah. funny, yeah. Very funny. And my my dad's a hoot. My mom's mm-hmm. more like me. She's mm-hmm. a bit serious. But <laughs> being around the two of them, mm-hmm. like we're always watching stupid movies yeah. that make us mm-hmm. laugh. And that was a part of myself I lost for a long time Interesting. in my training. I have noticed that with my family and friends who went through residency, where mm-hmm. I just go, where did you go? That's such a good question. Because you... Go? you lose yourself Mm -hmm. in that process. It's Mm -hmm. almost like even when you make every effort to say, that's not going to happen to me, it happens in some way or another. And so that was kind of part of it also was like, I didn't feel like who I wanted to be or who I thought I was. And so going back to these things that sustained me before was part of reclaiming what I thought gave joy to my days. Yeah, it's really about just being aware of the things that do make you happy and just like raking through and just being like, I know yeah. I have been happy in yes, my life. Exactly. <laughs> when was I happy? You exactly. Know? What and was I doing? What was I yeah. doing? Who was I around? Who was I not around? Yeah, yeah. that's also a very, very good important. Point. <laughs> what people did I have in my life? That's a really good point. Because that's what it all, I think, comes down to is relationship and being close to people that you trust. Mm -hmm. I used to think that I was like a horrible, horribly unpopular loser because I had like three Mm -hmm. close friends. And then I discovered that's all you need. Yeah, really. (laughs) My first five years in LA, I had one friend. And she's not just my best friend, but the yeah. best friend she's in the whole great. world. She's pretty cool. She's the greatest. That's all I needed yeah. for a really long time. Yeah. Quality, um, not quantity. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and you, um, Sunita, you just referred to yourself as a serious person. And we talk sometimes about how we define ourselves, you know, yes. and especially as young women, often we ask this question, like, uh, pretty smart or funny, um, because sometimes we yes. tend to define ourselves as either like pretty or smart or funny early on and then stick with that totally for your whole life. So what, what did you think you were? Well, you know, it's interesting you ask that because I don't know what I thought I was. Mm-hmm. I just knew what other people told me I totally. was. Well, that's what I'm saying. The world tells you, right? The world tells you what, what you quote are. Exactly. Yeah. And I was a chubby kid and 
I would take Indian dance classes, Kathak, mm-hmm. and you know the aunties. Mm-hmm. I think we all have the a chorus, chorus of aunties, of aunties oh, yeah. no matter what <laughs> your background. Is toxic. Rife. <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> I mean, is there anything good about that? No, auntie culture, <laughs> can, food, like food, food and food. also protective. Uncle culture is the worst. No, they're like, all just, we can't do uncle culture. They're all just telling you how you look all the time. Absolutely, but also drunkle culture oh, is great. <laughs> can be great. Can be excellent. Punjabi drunkles, oh, yes, okay. are the best. Totally. Um, but yeah, auntie culture. There are definitely rewards, but it is um, you need the thickness of skin of a fucking rhinoceros yeah, to deal true. with them. Really do. And when you're six, yeah, you and they're that, telling yeah. you, yeah, you know, you're chubby and you're yeah. and you're mannish. Oh, oh god, mannish. Oh, yes. I love that that word has crossed over as well into Jamaican culture <laughs> oh, as well. Oh, really? as we love it. Yeah, it's sorry. sorry. It from us. Mm, it's like the food and the mannishness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. By the way, Russell Peters yeah. has grew up with a lot of Jamaicans, oh, so perfect. he always very talks about, about Jamaicans. I love he does him. a very yeah. accurate everything accent, yeah. like right. every accent. I, I think it. you're gonna give I'm him. I'm very some excited for Russell Peters. He's amazing. If he weren't brown, you'd be like, what a racist. Meanwhile, every ethnicity is like this is great (laughs) yes that's how we sound (laughs) so i was kind of mired in this community where i was told i was fat and mannish and i was i think i was a little older maybe like 12 or something really always notices the weight because i've been told all my whole life oh you're a little heavy right now oh you look great oh you're a little just always always and they still do it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And I just like now have a way to avoid them. What do you <laughs> just, say? Whenever they say something about me, I just turn it on them and say, how are yeah. you doing these yeah. days? Yeah. I just pretend exactly. that I just didn't hear it. Yeah. And I just don't validate it. Yes. Right. And I try to remember they're so from nice a of different time. <laughs> you know, I, it doesn't yeah, matter. The now they're all like in their 70s and 80s. Mm. And I just want to make sure that I'm polite and mm-hmm. I, my karma isn't bad by telling them it's off. Nice but, but when I was young, it was really hard. Mm-hmm. And they would tell me things like, doesn't your mom teach you how to dress? Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes, yes. And, yes. you know, my mom took this interesting pride in not wearing makeup. Yeah. And so I saw from her that if you're a professional and you're smart, you don't, quote unquote, need makeup. And you don't mm-hmm. think about how you look probably. Exactly, because yeah. it's not going to make a difference at your job. Mm. But I, in retrospect, I I wish my mom had shown me you can be both because mm-hmm. she's a beautiful yeah, woman. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But even now, to get her to put on makeup mm-hmm. is it's it's a chore mm-hmm. like my brother buys her all this stuff and she never uses it mm-hmm. she doesn't use the vitamin c serums that no he she doesn't and he's, he recently bought her i don't know what the name he'll tell you what the names yeah, of these yeah. products are but he bought her this whole set and it's unopened and he was like mom <laughs> Yeah, she was like, I don't know how to use it. They also have a very uncomfortable relationship with taking care of themselves because they never shake that. They never shake the martyr thing, and I feel it's sad. It totally is, and it took me a long time to kind of get out of that mindset. You know who Mm -hmm. was an inspiration for me, an unlikely maybe, Taylor Swift. Totally unexpected. unexpected. (laughs) Totally unexpected, right? So she would wear this red lip. Mm -hmm. And I remember in my residency, Uh I was like, you know, I always wear this fucking like muted plum color. The same color as my lip. Yeah, (laughs) I love your lip. (laughs) But like, why not do something else? Mm -hmm. And I always felt like I couldn't quote unquote 
pull off mm-hmm. makeup. I do wear kind of the Indian eyeliner. Yeah, we call kajal, it kajal, yeah. which mm-hmm. is, I always line my lower yeah. lids. But I was like, why don't I just go to Sephora? By the yeah. way, I had never set foot in a mm-hmm. Sephora mm-hmm. until the end of my residency. Of wow, you must be so rich. I didn't even know what it was. How sad is that? Someone gave me a gift card. I was like, Siddharth, what's Sephora? And he hung up the phone. He was like, I can't. I love your brother. We're going to have I mean, he's he's amazing. She's our quality of life expert. We're going to have a mental health. It's going to be great. But he literally hung up the phone. And he would not. He kept (laughs) denying my call. I I was calling him back. If I can't get us a Rolodex of doctors, like, why am I even here? Why am I here? And I remember I bought, I went, I finally went to Sephora in Emeryville, which is like across the bridge from San Francisco Uh on a day off. And I said to the, to the store clerk, I would like, I was like, I would like a red lipstick. (laughs) So cute. (laughs) And she was like, uh, okay. I was like, what would look good on me? And so she brought me Cruella by NARS. Yes, yes, yes. yes, And I just, I can't stop with it. I still wear it. I'm not wearing it right now, but that was my first. And that was, I was inspired by Taylor Swift. I was like, I love that she wears this red lip. Let me wear a red lip and see what happens. Look, our problematic Taylor Swift occasionally comes out with a gem here or there. Totally. Even a broken clock. Even, really, really. Even a broken clock. Even broken clock Taylor Swift has done some good. <laughs> For an immigrant community. I, <laughs> I like the only time This is there. a sidebar, but I heard that when she leaves her apartment building, um, she leaves in a suitcase. Yes. She leaves in a suitcase. Yeah. She that was a period. Suitcase yeah, and is wheeled out of her apartment. Like a, that's happened. Like wow. a large. Yeah. she folds herself into a suitcase. Yeah, because someone was at her apartment and uh, had to leave in a suitcase. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I feel bad if that's oh, no. yeah. famous people. It just makes yeah. me sad how they have to. Yeah, live. that's awful. I have yeah. serious empathy for them. Yeah, I see famous people and I don't realize who they are. Until much later, I'm like, oh, maybe that was that person. Yeah. Well, I yeah. did see Jamila Jamil. Hold on one second. Uh-huh. She spent an entire day with Patrick Dempsey recently. Is Patrick dying? No. No, no. Your friend Patrick is fine. No, 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 no. <laughs> Definitely not. Okay. But if I, and I was just like, but he's so handsome. And she took a, like a little picture that they had taken together, and I was like, he's even more handsome <laughs> than you think he is. How is he so handsome? I've seen him in person, and he's like shockingly handsome. But you the know, texture of his hair is yeah. just too much. It, it it's a lot. But you know, the most beautiful thing about him is his mind. I Truly, I'm not just he's, saying he's that. Beloved. He actually, I met him at a talk I did for my eyes, book. I mean, the eyes. I can't look at him too long. Yeah. Right, right. Then it's just like too much radiance. But I need my shades. Talk about, talk about joy. I know, right? <sighs> but he, so I want to, can I give a little shout out to yeah, something he does? Course, so he runs a cancer resource center in Maine, two of them actually called the Dempsey Center. Mm. And they're like full spectrum support communities for patients mm. and families with cancer. I just think for him to be doing that is awesome. Yeah. I wish we had them here in LA because I would send all my patients mm-hmm. to them. And I think his he's had loss in his own life that's inspired it. Mm. And he met me at a talk I that we both did in, in New York for the Atlantic. And we spoke afterwards and he was act he was interested in learning more about palliative yeah. care. He just and, walked up to you, right? Yeah. Mm. And most like who would want to shadow me, right? Like it's not exactly <laughs> the right. 
a fun day. (laughs) (laughs) But he... If you can have anyone shadow you, I I would prefer to be Patrick Dempsey. Oh, yes. No, and it's so interesting because both of the families that we did meetings with and he was there and I had to ask them for permission... No one recognized him, which yeah. I thought was also oh, yeah. great. Wow. Like he yeah. was just, I mean, my yeah. colleagues recognized mm-hmm. him. And then later I would get questions like, is he your boyfriend? I was like, no. Not I, yet. I would fully have not started that yet. rumor. I'd have just been really coy about him. Like, I just not answered. <laughs> Whatever. I was like, no, he's not my boyfriend. He's just a really wonderful human being and just closed down the conversation. Like, let's talk about the patient now. But yeah, and then people... Some of them came into my office who never come into my office. Oh, of course. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah, and yeah. he had and left by then. Yeah. And they were like, we just wanted to run the plan by you. I was like, shut up. Really? You just wanted to look into his dreamy <laughs> really? eyes. You're just looking for someone <laughs> mm-hmm. who actually yeah. left an hour mm-hmm. ago. Uh, <laughs> it's, the, it's the wonderful, it's the aura of, of, uh, of fame. It's mm-hmm. kind of, uh, it's shocking. And his publicist who was there too is amazing. So She's so lovely. That's adorable. And that actually, actually, our next section that we generally do is called Beauty of the Week. So I think you Ooh. have mm-hmm. you have spotlighted your Beauty of the Week, who seems to be Patrick Dempsey. <laughs> <laughs> so, my Beauty of the Week, and I, I'm so sorry because it's a repeat, but it is my daughter. My daughter, who is now 16 months old, does this thing where she wakes up every morning. I give her her milk. She asks for her brother. And I say, yeah, we're going to see him. She asks for her dad. I say, yeah, we're going to see him. Um, and then she sits up and she looks at her own pajamas and she goes, wow, <laughs> wow, oh. once for each sleeve. And I have been thinking about this and I never thought that confidence was born. Like I never, I, I was always, I thought it was a nurture thing. Yeah. But I think about her and I go, no, like that girl, if you could bottle that <laughs> and give it to every young woman, there are times when I look at my kid and I think both of my kids and go to myself, just stay out of the way. Just don't mess this Interesting. up. They are pure. They are direct. They love themselves. They are enthusiastic about everything. Um, they want to try everything. Everything is a revelation to them. And it's just a reminder that we all start out that way. And That's then it, so important. That's then profound. it gets messed it's up, true. right? Yeah. Like, so, so my daughter, once again, um, once again, my beauty of the week. She's also my beauty of the week, to be honest. <laughs> like, I get to receive a lot of A plus content yes. that you guys don't get I because, do. you know, privilege. And she's just a joy. She's, she's so a cute. wonder. There are times when me, <laughs> my husband will be like in bed and like we're just doing our scrolls through yeah, like yeah, at yeah. the end of the day and it's just like what's what's Lido up to today? What did she do? What adventure did she do? What did she do? Like, so. What did she do? Yesterday she sat down next to me um on a step and she had a piece of bread and she goes, Bah for bread. And I go, Yeah and she points to my cup and she goes, Kasi for coffee. Oh and I was like, gosh. Yeah and she looks down and goes, Sit and smiles and she's just like we're she's saying we're sitting yeah. and i'm having my bread and you're, you're having, having your, your coffee, coffee and i'm happy yeah it's That's too so much you guys beautiful. it's great but also what a great lesson in just like actually just being, being present joyful and also yep. just like the wonder of just existing yes they have slowed me down in a way that i needed to be slowed down yeah. 
Because I am always, you know how I am. I always need to be doing something. When I procrastinate, I was procrastinating today and I wrote a children's book. <laughs> That's such a fucking free thing to do. It rhymes. Yeah. It rhymes, you guys. Amazing. I don't even know. It was crazy. I was procrastinating writing my other children's book by writing a different children's book. So now when I email my agents, it will be two children's books. Yes. That's so unbelievable. So I have a problem. That's great. But my children, because you cannot do anything else with children. Yeah. children if I even start to look for my phone, my daughter is like, uh-uh. <laughs> You know, she says know. that ah. but she'll just be like ah <laughs> like she knows like if my attention is on anything other than like our shared experience yeah. yep they sniff it out and they're like this won't do that's amazing and it. such a good reminder of yes. the things we've been talking about yeah. I have a second beauty of the week yes. in oh, addition yeah, to yeah, Patrick yeah. Dempsey <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's um the body Ooh, yeah. all of our bodies Ooh, yes beauties of the week yes. beauties of forever because yeah. the things a body can do are truly phenomenal yeah and it's just and this is our earthly home until one day it isn't yeah and to appreciate how it functions how it lets us do what we want to do giving it that reverence mm-hmm. i think even if it's just waking up and saying thank you mm. yeah that is to me the beauty of the universe right <laughs> That's such a lovely, simple practice and something that I think you can probably very easily incorporate into your day. Just again, just waking up and just like observing your body and just saying, thank you. Wow. Just saying, wow, Wow. looking at both of your sleeves and going, wow. Yep. Yep. I got up and peed. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, kidneys. Yeah, exactly. like, yes. It's not a given that you're going to work forever. All yeah. the no. moving parts. It's incredible. Yeah. And we talked about, we talk about this a little bit uh, and about how this is a bigger conversation that we really need to have about how so many women, ourselves included, look at our bodies as the enemy. Mm. Oh, yes. We need to control it. You're not getting it. in line. This isn't, yep. this doesn't look right. And this doesn't feel right. And this, I mean, I can't, I get sleepy after a cookie. And this doesn't, this jiggles more than I want it to. Whatever it is. But the fact that everything just works for mm-hmm. most people it's a is a fucking miracle. It's a miracle. It is a miracle. I honestly, and just how much it can withstand mm-hmm. when you are yeah. sick, yeah. how much its primary purpose is to yeah. keep you going mm-hmm. until one day it can't. Yeah. And I think sometimes what helps me when I get into my own fucked up headspace and start criticizing myself yeah. is that. I owe it to my patients Mm -hmm. to value what I have Mm because they don't have it right now and they would probably kill me if they heard my internal dialogue. That's a really good point. (sighs) Oh my God. Thank you so much for oh, being with us. Oh, of course. Uh, Thank you for having privilege. me. This has been amazing. Conversation. I never thought anyone yeah. would ask me about beauty, but <laughs> honestly, but that's, this is what we're, this is what it's about, right? It's not about, it's so funny because I was going to say it's not about lipstick. It's absolutely about lipstick, totally. <laughs> but it's about yeah. so many things. And that's why we have this show is so that we can talk about inner, outer, spiritual, mm-hmm. like mental health, all that stuff. Thank you so much for being with us. And listeners, please read um, Sunita's book. It's called That Good Night. And it's life and medicine in the 11th hour, um, available from all good retailers. Um, And just thank you for coming and spending time with us. Thank you for having me. show notes including links to the products services people and causes mentioned on this episode you can subscribe to our official newsletter stuff and things through the link in our show notes or at foxybrownspod.com see you next week Erios. powered by acast